This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Suicide Supporting the Aftermath is proudly brought to you with funding supplied by the Lions Club of Napier Host. Tell me what does it look like in heaven? You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Suicide Support in the Aftermath. It's my pleasure, as always, for the 149th time to have in the studio Warren Brown from Staros. How are you going, Warren? I'm great, thanks, Ken. It's a pleasure to be here, and Happy New Year to you. And who would have thought all those years ago when we said, oh, look, can we manage six programs yeah. that we'll still be here talking about? It's I amazing, know. really, isn't it? I know. It's, it's been fantastic. I mean, for me, it's been absolutely wonderful. Yeah, yeah no, it's good. And it's good to get that message out there. And people say, oh, well, you know, you might talk about the same stuff, but it's just a matter of repeating and repeating and repeating, and hopefully the message gets through to someone, and you think, wow, could have saved a life there. Absolutely, and it's also a way of getting rid of that stigma. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're big on pulling it out from under the rock that, that it's been under for years. So, Absolutely right, because it's out there every day. Now, as we record this program, we're still in the uh, in the silly season, the holiday season, and uh, you've been getting out on your bike. I've been following your your posts. You've been you know, biking for hundreds and hundreds of k's, showing everyone what's up. Uh, but that, that's a good thing about it: getting out, becoming one with nature in a way, isn't it? If oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. It's good for me. I mean, that, that it's it's part of my looking after me. Yeah. Um, I can get out there and, and flush that rubbish that's sitting there and, and just allow, you know, make some room to more allow more to flush in, you know, come back in. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it for me it helps. It helps me and it it's good. Yeah. yeah. And the good thing about what you do is uh like you and I, we're completely different in that respect because my happy place, uh, you know, if I'm feeling a bit flat, I don't like to go where it's quiet. Yeah. I like to go where there's a big fat buzz going all the time. They're looking yep. around, saying, "Wow, look at all this stuff going on," and that almost clears my head. You know, that's my element. I'm in my element when there are lots and lots of people around, and I think, "Wow, where'd that day go?" Whereas you were up there contemplating a navel with a glass of uh, red wine. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love about us as individuals. We're all different, aren't we? Yes, and it's life, life, how life is as well. Yeah, and that's a good segue into one glove doesn't fit all, does it? No, it doesn't. When it comes to advice, even on uh, this um, sort of dark topic that we discuss every couple of weeks, you, you can't just say, well, no, this is what works for me. That's right. And, I mean, it's it, it's interesting because we're, as you alluded to at the start, you know, we're still in this holiday festive season and, you know, we never had a chance to catch up before Christmas. But, I mean, what I was wanted to talk about was that it's not all, you know, festive and, no. and and hilarity and fun and games for everyone you know yes. for some people it's 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 their first christmas without mm. without someone they loved and you know whether it's a mother father brother sister friend all those sort of things yeah and it's and it is a difficult time for a lot of people yeah. okay well you've walked the walk how did you deal with the first how did you deal with the first christmas how did you deal with the first birthday that your your son was missing from your life yeah well that's really quite interesting because my first birthday after he died, so that was uh, 2009. I, because I've you know my birthday's in December, late December, hmm. not 63. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um, a good song, by the way. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but I, 
I was always planning to get everyone together, you know, especially my kids, because we never had a lot of chances to get them all together. Mm. And I was I was turning fifty on that birthday, and as it happened, it, you know, we we still had a good, you know, gathering of friends and and people and and family, but it just wasn't the same because because yeah. there was someone missing. Yeah. Yeah, so that it it was difficult, but you know I did have that support of everyone around me, so that was pretty cool. Does it get better? So two thousand nine must have been a particularly tough year for you. What about two thousand twenty? Was that just as tough? Oh, it's a different tough. Mm. Put it that way. Yeah, um, I, I suppose I I, I manage it better. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting over the break. You know, that people asked me what I do, and I said, well, you know, I did a few jobs around home. Mm. You know, painted the front door. That's been yeah. Well, can be painted for a long time, <laughs> those sort of things. And but I, I, you know, the times that I, the chances that I had, I you know I was able to, you know, read those books I haven't been able to read and and watch a couple of TED talks. Mm. And f- because for me in this space, you know, you're, you're always learning. And and when you're watching the, the two two I watched and listened to, were actually. You know, it's a lot of it was reinforcing what I do. You know, as yeah. well as as well as sure. giving me new tools to use and stuff like that. It was it was it was cool. It was, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would guess so that people uh, would come to you in Staros or Sandra, who is uh, your cohort and setting up the fabulous organisation that you've got. I wonder though. I, I guess people do come to you expecting advice and say to you, "Okay, well, how am I going to cope with this?" And I'm not being glib here, when because uh, you will often say, "Well, you've got to cope with it in your own way, which might be completely different to yours." But I guess if they're looking for guidance from you because you have been there, what would your initial bit of advice to someone who's come to you for help? What would it be? Well, to be honest, a lot of the time, is I just give them that space to talk, mm. and they virtually, you know, they sort of work stuff out themselves i mean sure i can tell them my story and and how that relates to them is is really up to them but Mm. uh, you know like one of the ted talks i i had or i watched and listened to was um, by nora McInerney, and it's it's about it's about grief um and she says uh, we don't move on from grief we move forward with it, mm. so it's not it's not trying to get rid of it, no. because it's. I believe it's always going to be there. It's part of you, isn't it? it it's part of me. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So that that was that was great to listen to, and watch actually. And I've actually put it up on the website, so mm. they're actually up on the our website under um, the support page. Mm-hmm. So if you go and have a look, you can find them. Do you find that in some respects uh, you almost become like, and I know you're not a, a qualified counsellor, but do you find that you become almost like an unofficial counsellor to people who are suffering from um, from grief or from this terrible event? I just believe I'm a person. No, no, come on, you're an unofficial counsellor. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it, every, every one of us has the ability to, if you like, be that counsellor. Yeah. You know, it's And again, it's just about providing that space and that listening ear. We have had this story, this talk before, because um, you know, if, if most most people probably are like me, that uh, I, I would find it very hard to approach um, the subject with you. I, yep. You know, if I if I've known you, for instance, in the early days uh, when Stu committed suicide, and I, I immediately met you after that, you know, I think, wow, 
geez, what am I going to say? Because the average person has got no idea what to say over um, an incident like that. Whereas if your mum, dad, or your dad dies, you think, okay, well, that's just a natural progression of life, isn't it? Your dad dies before you and that sort of stuff. You don't expect your kids to take their own life. So what advice might you have for someone listening to to cope with that situation from the other person's point of view? From the other point of view, yeah, yeah. That's that's a great question too. And um, it depends who you who you, who that other person is. Mm. I mean, for me, I was very open about what had happened, and so everyone who knew me, um, the the idea of me being upfront and open about it was so that people didn't walk on eggshells when mm. you know they're around you. Yeah. Because that's really uncomfortable way. It's a, oh, an uncomfortable place yeah, to be. Right. Because so you come yeah, out with yeah. it, and you soon find out um, the people who um, are happy to listen to you yeah. or ha- want to know more, and the ones that you know the eyes glaze over yes. and the phones in their hand, and they think, <laughs> yes. "Oh, I've got another appointment or something." But so when you say you come out with it, what do you come out with? You just broach the subject and say, "You know, hey, Deuce committed suicide." And then, then what do you say? Yeah, like I mean, if you know, if if you had, you know, we'd, we'd recently met or something, yeah. and you know, you say, well, you know, how many kids you got and mm. stuff like that, and I'll, I'll say I've got four children, mm. and you ask their age as you do, and mm. I say my eldest is twenty five, um, my next guy he's thirty one or thirty four, no, he's thirty four, yeah. and the next one's uh, thirty two, and the other one's thirty, and they say, well. We've how come your oldest is 25? And you yeah. just get into it like that. Yeah, that is a good way. Yeah. And uh, like you say, that does break the ice. But do you sort of, I'm um, not saying cut people some slack, uh, if they obviously don't know what to say, you say, look, hey, you're probably best, don't say anything. Because yeah. you've you really got to lead it at this point, don't you, the conversation? Oh, yeah, and it, it is difficult. Just For me, it's just letting people know that it's okay not to say anything. Mm. If, and if they're uncomfortable talking about it, then we'll, we'll move on from it. Because you know that it just puts them in a, yeah. <laughs> a, little, a bad situation they don't want to be in. So I suppose in those early days and months, um, your friends and your family and your colleagues—they're all over like a rash, um, making sure that you're feeling good, bringing around the casseroles for you to munch into because they all know where you're at. How long does that last for? Oh, I mean, it's no—you know—losing someone to suicide is no different to. No. Just losing someone as well, yeah. but um, it is different. It is different. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Sure, it is. Um, like we've talked before, and I said how I liken my life to living in a bubble, mm. where I functioned inside of that bubble after a period of time, and everyone else went back to their normal life. Yeah. So you're just watching the world go sure. by, and you're in this mist of of grief and still wondering what the hell's yeah. happening. Yeah. Have you got a hardcore of friends that help you remember uh, on the day? Or oh, people always touch base. I'm, I'm I front footed as well. I I always post something mm. every every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually first because I'm up the peak first. Yes, you know, first You're thing in the morning. Crack the dawn. I've seen the photos. Yeah, the sunrise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I again, I usually front foot that, and people usually come back. And I mean, people people care. There's no doubt they care. Yeah. Not everyone cares no. in the same way or has the, has the ability to care in the same way. Is it a commemoration when you do that or a celebration? Oh, for me, it's just a, a, a day that I spend with my son. Mm. Yeah. I'd, 
and it's like his birthday. I don't celebrate his birthday. Other people celebrate birthdays, yeah. and that's fine. Other people celebrate Christmas or or the anniversary. Mm. Perfectly fine. It's how you want to do that stuff. But for me, it's gives me that time. That day is about me and him. Yeah. I've heard that people set a place at the table. Absolutely, yeah. He's not there. Yep, yep. Just that happens. Remembrance. Yep. Yeah. So there's nothing right and there's nothing wrong about it. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Yeah. I mean, who's to say it's wrong? Who's to say, yeah. well, you can't do that? I'm yeah, sure no why. one's. No why one not? can, yeah. So um, getting your head around it, I suppose, in the short term, there's no easy answer. No, there's not. No. No, there isn't. It's, that initial stage is, is incredibly difficult. Mm. It's it's like you've, you've been attacked from all angles and you're a. If you think about, you know, say crying's an emotion or laughing's an emotion, well, you know, chucking every other emotion you can think of and coming at you at once and and you're trying to work that out. Yeah. That's really difficult. And I, I mean, how do you define grief as well? That uh, I read somewhere once that um, when your parents die, it probably takes you a couple of years to get over that. You, know, you grieve for a couple of years. Um but, but who puts that time frame on it? You know, some people might grieve for a week. I mean, you know, my father died about 12 years ago, and I don't really think I've even grieved for him to this day. So, you know, am I weird or no, going to come I, and I hit understand, me? Or, I understand you know? that entirely. So, uh, I mean, for me, there's, there's two important dates in time, when you're born and when you yeah. die. Everything else in between is uh, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever comes, comes, isn't it? Um, but, I mean... Grief is, is such an individual and personal and emotion. Yeah. So, yeah. And you get those people who say, come on, Warren, it's been 13 years nearly. Man, haven't you got over that yet? How do you react to that? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've found that TED Talk now. I'll point to people in that direction. That's <laughs> yes, why I posted it as well. So it's always <laughs> going to be there for people. She talks very well about it. You know, it's, it's actually having that grief with you, beside mm. you. Um, and, and me, f- you know, after that initial stage, that's that's how I I use it as well. I you know I say I park it. Yeah. You know we've talked about that before as well, and so when that when it comes out of the garage, I know what it is. Yeah. I know that it's gonna that it causes me an unsettling time and yes. a bit of grief and and angst, but I also know it goes away. Yeah. I suppose you've learned to live with it, but in many cases it might be like having the black dog on your back forever. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is it's not a for me it's not a depression. Mm. You know it's not a it's not a bad place to be. Mm. Um, I have my son with me all the time. He's a he's a wonderful wonderful young fella. Would have been a depression for you in the first days though, wouldn't it? First days, weeks, months, and first couple of I years. I suppose even. yeah. I suppose yeah. They could classify that as a depression. Yes, yeah, it depends who be. you talk to. Yeah, yeah but yeah. yeah. When does it turn from being a depression like that to being becoming an acceptance? Yeah, well, I. I, I Suppose that's the key. There's a, a a good friend of mine down south. His name's Paul Lynch. He lost his brother about six years ago, and he wrote a book. And um, you chat to him, and he's very upfront. Um, tells it like it is. I like him. He's a, yes. he's a good dude. Um, but uh, he came up with this thing. It's called the grief road, and he talks. He, if you read it, you talk about that. I, I need to put it up on the website as mm. well because it's. I use it a lot when I when I'm talking to people, mm. you know, talking to groups of people, and he talks about going, you know, going down, turning into the grief road, and you've got all these different stops, mm-hmm. 
you know, these rest areas, you know, with anger and, you know, um, hate and you know, blame and all this sort of thing and whether you're stopping them or not. But it's it's this journey down this grief road and then and then when you finally come out of it after a period of time, whatever that is, um, you find that what you were looking for is sitting you beside you in the passenger seat all along and yeah. it's called acceptance. Sure. So how how you get to that, how long it takes you to get to that, I can't tell you no. that. Yeah. And also from from my point of view, not so much as an outsider because my brother's wife took her own life. Um, I wonder when you when you do come to that tomb of accepting it, it's all very well for us to talk about it because it, I'm not saying it sounds glib, but we're saying, yeah, this is probably a good idea. And, you know, you read the books or listen to the TED Talks. It does sound so logical and so so much common sense in them. But turning those readings and listenings into reality is completely different, isn't it? Absolutely, and I don't believe you can do it on your own. No, you you need that support of of others around you. You know whether they're full on board supporting you, or or whether they're just in the background mm. and touching base with you now and again. When you say you need people around you, uh, you mean friends and family, or I know that you went to see a counsellor and only once, and you felt better for doing that. Do you need professional help in most instances? Like real, you know, real professional help, as in people who've got a, a shingle hanging up over the door, or can, can you get by with just friends and family supporting you? Oh, I, again, that's a that's an individual thinking. Mm. Um, some people, in like, like for us, we 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 support people, we help people uh, um, get counselling if, mm. if they want it. Um, but it's not for everyone. No. Um, but some people benefit from it. Yeah. And there are people I know who who still benefit from it. So who's to say that's wrong? Yeah. How long before you really opened up about it? I mean, um, I guess we internalise a lot of that sort of stuff. That we don't, you know, because real guys don't talk about that sort of stuff, do they? Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it was the, the 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 catalyst was when we moved here, and yeah. and I went looking for that group that wasn't here. Mm. And then I met Teresa, and and then once we started Staros, and that's that's where it kicked off for me. So th- that was what uh, two thousand March two thousand and twelve was when we started holding our groups. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that was almost three years, I suppose. Yeah, is that a pervading attitude? What I just mentioned, real guys don't talk about it. Oh yeah, that's that's ingrained in us, though, isn't yes, it? it? As is. as as blokes, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it still is, isn't it? It's yes, it still is. But having said that, there's a, a lot of good groups and people trying to change that as well. I mean, you've you've got your um, locally, we've got that the Good Blokes book, mm. which is you know yes, that put, is a good put, book. put together you know by you know dads dads HQ, Jaffa Media, all those sort of mm. people. Um, you've got a mend group for an, another different type of group. Mm. And all those sort of things. I mean, there's there's plenty of that around. There's a, I'm a I'm on a um, social media one called the Brotherhood, mm-hmm. you know, and there's just guys from everywhere on that sort of thing. So, I, I think as a there is a a change in the wind, so to speak. Yes. But yeah, that's there's, you still find a lot of people still, um, you know, stuck with that 
you know, harden up, boy, yeah. and, you know, have a cup of concrete and all that yeah. sort of stuff. <laughs> yes. And it's, it just doesn't work, eh? Although I have read that, um, that book that you mentioned. We've got a copy here in the studio, and we, we did give quite a few away. And it's a wonderful book. It is. And I was yeah. amazed at just how many agencies are out there that can help you. But having said that, you know, once again, when I looked at that book, I said, wow, this is just bloody marvelous. Look at all these people that can help you. But I, for one, probably wouldn't pick up the phone and phone one of those groups. You know, I've had my own issues with the black dog, and there's just no way that I want to reach out to strangers. And, you know, I mean, after talking to you for all these years, you'd think I'd be the first guy to pick up the phone. But once again, it seems to be so simple that, you know, reach out, but it's still bloom and hard to do. The thing it? is, you've got that book, eh? Yes, I've got that book. So yeah. the book's always there. Yeah, that's right. You, and you, you just can't foretell in the future whether you know if you're in a situation and you just you just grab it and think oh right i'm done with this i'm just gonna i've got this book here and i'll just rip yeah yeah and, and, a bit of squeeze yeah and there it is and away you go but yeah just having that info and you, yeah. you're you're right you can't drag people kicking and screaming no, to cannot. to to reach out and but it's if you notice people in that in that place or maybe in that place or not as good as they used to be or whatever just have a conversation with them. Ask a question. Yeah, I they, think you raise a good point. That just having the book there, in fact, in some ways, is a bit of solace. Yeah, just knowing that if you really got that on the edge, you could pick up the phone. I, I met someone before Christmas who who contacted us, and Nud had our brochure and mm. our information there for quite a while. And a couple of times they went to you know yeah. grab it, went to use it, and they put it away again. Yeah. But then they did. Yeah. Then they got hold of us. So having that info there is is valuable. Mm. It's it's useful and it's will will always be useful. Does it help to be a spiritual type of person um, or look for spiritual guidance when you're going through something as awful as this? I mean, you know, um, I'm as atheist as they come. So if someone said to me, "Why don't you go to church?" I'd say, well, "Are you kidding?" Yeah, I think I think it's a. a I'm much the same. I think it's just, but there's a difference between spirituality and religion, and and that for me anyway. Mm, yeah. I mean, I wasn't a. I'm not a religious person. I wasn't terribly spiritual either. Mm. And then a friend of mine, um, who I used to work with in, in Tauranga, and she was quite spiritual and and into this stuff and I thought, well, that's a bit weird but and then, <laughs> yes. and then after Stu died and we we talked and I said to her, Look, I've I've got it, I got it. I know what you're on about. Yeah. And so for me I'm I suppose spiritual, what you call it whatever you like, you it's a bit it's a belief. i I just for me it's about opening my mind, my eyes, yes. my heart and to just this multitude of stuff that's out there. I would say you're a spiritual person, um, what I know of you, because you know I often think that when you post that stuff, and I know they are probably out there remembering your son, and I think, well, just from what you post on the website, on your Facebook page even, you know, looking out into the horizon with the sun coming up and the sun going down, I can probably picture what's going through your mind. So, yeah, I see you as being quite a spiritual person. Yeah, it's quite special times, though. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and for me... Every sunrise is one he can't see, and every mm. sunset is one he he'll yeah. never see either. So, I try to see as many of them as I can. Do you often think what might have been, or have you managed to come to terms with that as well? I mean, from, not what might have been from your point of view, but what from might have been from Stu's point of view. 
Does that still go through your head, or has that been left behind? Um, I, I suppose all I can say about that is, it's, it's every time I see his daughter, mm. you know, there's that there's that pang of you know, what if and stuff like yeah. that. Wouldn't it wouldn't it be great if if your dad was here to yeah to see you do this or to just you know just give you a hug and just spend time with you yeah did it make you step up as far as being a grandparent went did things change in that department or is it more or less what it was did things change in that department for you know, particularly lose a son or a daughter or even a grandchild to become more family oriented particularly if you've been I mean, I know, for instance, that, that you had a long-distance relationship with your son because he lived way out of yeah, town. Yeah. So did that change? Um, I, I think it's the same for all my kids because they were all out of town. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I say it, and I've written about it and spoken about it, I've, I watch them grow and and make of life mm. the best of what they what they have and... If if I've been a part of that, then that's great. But I mean, we can only we can only walk beside our, even our kids and, and 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 how they live their life is theirs. But being there for them as as long as they know you're there for them, yeah, they, you love them and you support them. If you know if something happens for them, you just hope that you know what you've given them means that they'll be in touch with you to just have a chat. Just about out of time. Do you, do you look like him? Um. So when his kids or uh, apparently so, yeah. yeah apparently apparently so. It's like looking at you've Dad. probably got more hair than me still, but <laughs> everyone's got more hair than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose whether it's genes or anything, well, you know, but it's it's funny because there's there's Stu from one relationship and and Maddie, my youngest, from another mm. relationship, and they're very similar, mm. um, very similar kids, but um, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know. That must give people some peace, though, to see, you know, if they're looking at their, their dad's dad and they see their dad and think, well, you know, it's part of my dad there. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've done that too. I look at it. And yeah. It's, it's I, d- I didn't have boy. a lot to do with my grandfather or anything like no. that, but I, he's a good, he was a good man and, yeah. and my dad was a really good man. Mm. So if I can pass some of that on, and, and, I, and I know my, my boys and my daughter, you know, they've got really good qualities as well that's great out of time just one of our listeners uh warren if we need some guidance some help some advice where do we get it yeah by all means you can contact me on 027 286 4071 my colleague sandra on 027 684 3033 or look us up on our facebook or website good morning warren my pleasure as always look after yourself get out there get on that bike we'll talk at the same time in a couple of weeks thanks Ken. it's a pleasure Suicide Supporting the Aftermath is proudly brought to you with funding supplied by the Lions Club of Napier Host. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.